everyone, and welcome to the third episode of GSA Office Hours. In this episode, Helene and I talked to Rachel Cerruti and Jeremy Waringa from iPad about uh, issues related to sustainability and um, why each one of them are super passionate about the topic. So um, they're both second-year iPad students. Um, Jeremy has worked with agricultural workers and teachers for three years while serving as a Peace Corps volunteer in Panama, and he's also worked as a farm worker advocate in South Carolina. For Jeremy, knowledge about where our food comes from um, is super important and can lead to much more equitable systems and ethical practices. Um, Rachel um, specializes in finance and sustainable banking, and in the past, she also worked as a Peace Corps volunteer, but in Uganda. She's also had experience working as a nanny and a special education teacher. Um, more recently, she's been really trying to live a more sustainable lifestyle um, and has um, been made changes such as per- purchasing a metal straw. Um, she recently organized a clothing swap um, for Fordham graduate students and she's just really eager to start conversations about uh, sustainable like everyday sustainable living. Um, All right so here's our conversation with Jeremy and Rachel. Okay hi Rachel and Jeremy we're so happy to have you here. Uh, Alex and I wanted to discuss some sustainability uh, issues with you and just uh, about your experience in grad school here. Uh, so if you could just both introduce yourselves for the podcast. Sure. Hi, I'm Rachel Cerruti. I'm a second year IPED student, which stands for International Political Economy and Development, quite a mouthful. Um, I, before this, I was in the Peace Corps, Peace Corps Uganda, and I worked in microfinance and really discovered the whole idea of um, using private capital for social good, and this whole idea of sustainability came from that. Before that, I went to undergrad in Cambridge, not Harvard or MIT, a small <laughs> school called Leslie. I went for special education and math. Um, and I grew up in Connecticut. Uh, I've been living in New York for about five years now, though, uh, so I consider myself a little bit of a New Yorker. Yes. Hi, I'm Jeremy Wieringa. Um, I am a second year student at the International Political Economy and Development Program here at Fordham. Um, born in Michigan, raised in Venezuela, and then on to Florida, where I went to undergrad at University of Florida, um, then went on to the Peace Corps, then worked at a nonprofit law firm, uh, working as an outreach paralegal, working with um, migrant farm workers. Um, that helped me foster a, a connection with agriculture, and so that's why I'm here at Fordham to learn more about how I can uh, develop policies with um, sustainable agriculture because it's what links us all. Hmm. That's so awesome. Both such interesting backgrounds. Um, So sustainability, especially now, gets thrown around a ton. Um, And I guess it can be applied in so many different ways. Uh, Do you two personally have your own definitions or how you see sustainability or at least how you want to engage with the topic of sustainability? Um, I see it in a bunch of different ways. I think personally, 
I try to see sustainability as just creating less waste, mm -hmm. um, living more um, with reusables, um, upcycling, all that type of stuff. And that mm -hmm. can be applied to fashion, to food, mm -hmm. to um, the way you think and how you act, too. Yeah, and to, to kind of go along with what Rachel just said, I, a huge part of sustainability is all the interconnected fields. Uh, it's kind of a group effort to um, see how we can um, reduce things, how we can improve technology, um, to have this collective effort mm -hmm. of um, making sure our future generations can live comfortably mm -hmm. like we do, or mm -hmm. change the way we we're living just to, to mm -hmm. ensure that there is a future. Right, and I think that like our generation is a lot um, more conscious of it, or at least like cares a little bit more. So uh, I feel like it's something that's getting easier and easier to like make lifestyle changes because other people around you are doing the same thing and it's not like you're a soul like the sole person doing it or the sole firm even doing it um we were at that event last night where they're talking about esg and so you know hopefully that kind of uh you know mindfulness and you know conscious like effort to be sustainable um, and live your life sustainably or run your firm sustainably will like start becoming more common and not just like the out outsiders that decide to engage with it yeah I agree even fortune 500 companies are looking into this now too it's not mm -hmm. just um, the little people kind of doing their own thing it's getting a lot of headlines and a lot of uh, attention which yeah. I think is great yeah yeah and I just like to hear a little bit more too about um, particular experiences in each of your past that really opened your eyes to some of these issues um, I don't know, so just a moment in which you started to become really passionate about this this issue, too. I am, uh, like I just mentioned, these Fortune 500 companies mm -hmm. are becoming more sustainable and uh, focusing on something called ESG, mm -hmm. Environmental, Social, and Governance mm -hmm. criteria for their investments or whatnot. And um, an offshoot of that is impact investing, which I am interested in as an iPad student. Mm -hmm. uh, and I went to a conference at um, one of these schools in the city. Yep. And this huge takeaway I had was from uh, a founder of a social enterprise, and she said, if you're going to go out there and be an impact investor or have ESG criteria, you better walk the walk and talk the talk. So here I was saying, yeah, I, I'm focusing on sustainable banking and finance. I might as well actually be sustainable mm -hmm. in my investments, which is as small as going to a coffee shop that is more ethical, and that's my investment. It's not just hundreds of millions of dollars. It's everyday stuff. So, um, yeah, kind of putting in practice what I want to see in the world is what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. What other um, changes or kind of like daily habits did you implement after this sort of catharsis at the conference? Yeah, it actually took a minute because I, um, I heard it and I was like, yeah, of course I should live sustainably. But it seems so daunting, right? You see all these people who are extreme. They're vegan or they have zero waste or all these things, and it just seems like there's no steps in between. So it took me a long time to kind of figure out how do I make these little steps? How do we yeah. be more sustainable? Incremental Ex steps, yeah. 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 I, I remember hearing about this um, family in California. Of course, they always do these exposés, right, about, like, all of these. And so mm -hmm. there's this family in California that, like, in a year their waste could fit in, a, like, a mason right. ball jar. And I was like, I need to do this. <laughs> and then it's like, you realize, like, how intensive and how, like, life-changing you would need to be in order to, to only have, like, the smallest amount of plastic. And it, like... 
while that's so like that's so admirable so wonderful at the same time it's like there are other things we can do along the way that like don't have to be this gigantic lifestyle switch Mm -hmm. yeah but you know talking about all the all the plastics that we use and and all the trash that's kind Mm -hmm. of gathered up um you know if if you start you start like evaluating your life and you you start being conscious of that um, you see how many just wrappers that you just go through a mm-hmm. day, you know, just like eating a cliff bar or something. You know, yes. you're trying to be healthy, you're just like, <laughs> eating a cliff bar, but like that's just like another wrapper that goes in the trash. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, people, uh, people really harp on the, the plastic bottles and how mm-hmm. that's just that's awful. And it is awful, it is awful, but there's still so go to Trader else Joe's just... shop one time and you realize how all of your produce is just packed of plastic. Yeah. yeah, so it's, um. You know, just being, uh, making those small conscious choices and mm-hmm. uh, living a little bit more, you know, ecological, mm-hmm. I think, um, can, can still help. And it's tough because we're, like, we're graduate students. And that is often, like, the trade-off is to make those changes, you have to spend a little bit more money or... Um, or more time, or too. More time, I just, yeah. just yesterday at the grocery store, I love tomatoes in my salad. And I love little grape tomatoes, but they come in plastic wrapping. Mm-hmm. And the tomatoes on the vine don't come in plastic wrapping, but you have to cut them up before you make mm-hmm. your salad. And I was like, I don't have the time to cut up this mm-hmm. non-plastic vegetable. Mm-hmm. But I don't toot my own horn. I bought it. I bought mm-hmm. the I bought the tomato on the vine. But yeah, it takes up time, takes up money, mm-hmm. and you don't really know how to do it from the beginning. You know? Right. So in terms of shopping, like having reusable products are really awesome. So like, like a shopping bag or maybe investing in some glass uh Tupperware Tupperware. yeah totally yeah um uh, it's one thing uh, also so even if you do buy that plastic to just reuse it as Tupperware um right I love my yogurt again and I have those big Faye whatever eight Mm -hmm. ounce ten ounce things and I just put granola and then last night you just kind of reuse what you do buy that's plastic you also save money on Tupperware yeah yeah and you know having so for for shopping, you know, we have the the reusable bags, um, and that's that's wonderful. You're cutting down like, you know, one plastic bag at a time. Um trying to not get discouraged by of course like every other person that's using a plastic bag. So if you know, things kind of feel like um like you're going nowhere. But it I it still matters, like still bring it. But um there does need to be more of a change into like being able to bring your own containers, be it mm-hmm. like that glass container uh, or a reusable Faye container <laughs> where you can have the have the bulk goods. Like, mm-hmm. but those bulk bulk good groceries are still too few and far between, and um, they make plenty of sense. But I think stores just are just cutting, you know, because of convenience. You know, mm-hmm. packaging everything in the plastic, but it would be wonderful like I like the idea and, and these grocery stores exist mm-hmm. but to go to a grocery store and have your containers would be spectacular yeah the dream <laughs> so almost like the whole culture kind of needs to change around shopping but also like so this is my issue we we love to feel good by bringing our own grocery bags and like doing all these things that are like efforts to reduce our own personal waste and I think that they're so commendable how much of a difference are we making as individuals versus like, you know, we're still shipping our tomatoes from Mexico and that's mm-hmm. causing a lot more issues with sustainability maybe than mm-hmm. having them wrapped in a in a clam, 
you know, if that was coming from upstate New York. And it's like, how do you get your head around like the the macro impact of agriculture farming or garment like garments uh, the garment industry like we all want to make take action in our own lives like how much is that really changing things do we have to really look at the bigger picture um, or are we like making things that we making choices that we think are more sustainable but actually when we look into it you know it's not that sustainable because we're not doing like everything yeah, that's that's tough, mm-hmm. and and it can it can be incredibly depressing, mm-hmm. um, you know, feeling that you can't make a difference, and and sure, when you go shopping, um, be it at the grocery store or you know buying a new um, uh, shirt or whatnot, um, you can you can track down, and based upon the information available, mm-hmm. which is you know very rare, you'd be like, okay, this is a local tomato, so mm-hmm. um, you know that's there's less carbon footprint on this, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's, I, I think it also, it's, it's kind of tough to, to, to continue with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, it goes back to the whole, it takes time, it takes money. Yeah. Um, but I think what I kind of remind myself is, uh, there's this quote, I don't know who said it, but we don't need a few people doing sustainability perfectly. We need a bunch of people doing it imperfectly. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I'm not gonna track down where my tomatoes from. Right. I'm gonna right. have myself on the back for not using plastic. Right. So it's an off put. Um, it's um, it offsets each other. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's one of those things where you just have to pick something that you do that's sustainable. Stick with it. Tell your friends. Mm-hmm. Encourage them. Listen to what they do, and all collectively we can fully create that demand, mm-hmm. and hopefully the supply will meet it. You know. And when you when you were studying in the Peace Corps, where did you study? Or where did you go for Peace Corps? Where were you working? I was I was in Panama. Panama. Okay. Yeah. I think I actually did that. Um, like, did you see that people in those countries were living more or less sustainably, or affected by the choices that we've made in developed countries at all? Um, whether it be with climate change. I mean, I, you know, had worked on some research, um, in Ethiopia and Tanzania where, uh, these pastoralists who who ra- raise livestock were being severely impacted by climate change because of the um, severe droughts that they were experiencing. And to them, it was like a daily experience of climate change. And when we went there and interviewed them, they said like, what are you, like, what do you think about this? How do you deal with it? You know, what are your communities experiencing? And it's like half of our communities don't even believe in it. So yeah. you know, it's hard to like make that, um, you know, connection in our lives as developed, developed uh, societies. And sometimes I feel like, uh, the, well, I mean, I guess it's, it's kind of been historically that the developed society's actions have caused uh, the situation that we're in now, so. 100%. Mm-hmm. I think whenever my friends ask me, what can I do to be more sustainable, it's the biggest um, bar- barrier is I don't see it in my everyday mm-hmm. life. And, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, in New York City, we're going to be okay. We have the funds. We have the resources to mm-hmm. combat that. You know, we can build dams if the waters rise, but you're right. Those developed countries where people buy the shore or people with less money don't have those resources. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a disconnection between my actions and what affects other people that I don't see, I don't hear, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, and it's a, a big issue because it's, you're right, it's proven that those developed countries do, um, are experiencing climate change at a much more rapid pace mm-hmm. um, and are much more affected. Yeah, but I don't, I've, in my time in, in Panama, I didn't see any... Um, uh, conscious choices of 
changing habits. Mm -hmm. You know, there wasn't like a, you know, eat more vegetable campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So it just, you know, there are other issues to deal with. I was going to say there's constraints there as well. Yeah. Yeah. But do you see that sometimes that, and I don't, I don't know, maybe I'm just, I'm, I'm making assumptions based on Peace Corps areas, but like that, that, um, less developed, um, style of living where like there might not be as much plastic or there might not be as much, um, like just inherently and naturally people are living more sustainable lives, maybe not through conscious choices, but, um, because they're not in like, and I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know. If no, and, and, and even in, in Panama, they had a better, um, you know, some better systems that are more sustainable, you right. know, for the, for the sake of, um, you know, uh, like Coca-Cola bottles or, um, you know, Pepsi bottles, like, you know, uh, soda bottles and also beer, like is delivered in like glass, right, right. you know, crates, you know, yeah. crates. Mm-hmm. and this is returned. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's a deposit you put on it and you bring it back. It's, it's rinsed and like refilled. Like there's a system about that. Which is cut, cuts down on so much waste. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous Absolutely. that United States doesn't have a system for cleaning and reusing these bottles. Absolutely. It's it's yeah. Outrageous. It's like six percent of the stuff that's in recycle and gets recycled. You know, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I actually think about that so much. It's when, scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's so scary, especially because like I there was a New York Times article where they were talking about what is and isn't recyclable, especially after China had, like, the change in policy about what they were accepting for recycling, uh, including plastic bags. And I just started... First of all, I I hadn't realized, like, how clean things needed to be in order to be recycled. So, like, I was just throwing away, like, my jar of peanut butter and, like, recycling it. I'm a great person. No, it's not going to happen. You need to thoroughly clean your plastic and and glass that you're going to be recycling. I know, yeah. But we put such an emphasis on convenience that it makes it a lot more difficult. Like people trying to recycle their plastic bags, and it's yeah, like, no, you're no. ruining the whole bag. And I was going to say, not only that, like, you're, not only is your plastic bag not going to be recycled, but also now you've contaminated that entire bag, and now <laughs> that's just going to be the way. So I think like that is a place where there's like a lot, of, like there's a huge lack of information as well mm-hmm. and knowledge, where people think that they can just throw it in there, and it's like just to be safe, recycle it. That's not really what it is. I actually have a quick question in terms of, like, resources. So if we're unsure about these guidelines, like, what resources, organizations, websites, maybe can we check to kind of, like, get the... Do you guys know? I can, um, kind of shifting to my focus for Mm -hmm. sustainable fashion. I know, um, kind of doing a quick turn, but uh, a lot of times it's, uh, you can just kind of Google where the, where your clothes are coming from. Mm I'm blanking on the name of the app right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh, good, good on you. Good on app. you. You can look. They have done analysis on a bunch of different um, companies, clothing companies, and see if how are they sustainable. If they are, if they're not, um, you can also uh, just kind of again go to the, their website. And on every website, there's always some sustainability link and mm-hmm. see what they're doing and what they're not doing. And you can decide if that clothing is what you want to support or not support. Mm-hmm. And for recycling, I feel like it's different wherever you live. But for New York City, there is stuff online that you can Google. It's still a little vague, and it like kind of requires some work to look into, like what actually is required of you to recycle things. But there is some information on some of the New York City websites, um, NYC.gov, I think it is. Um, 
Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I was, and for all sustainability things, it's preventative too. I think if uh, what do they say? The recycle is good, reuse is better mm-hmm. kind of thing, and um, reduce is the best. Right. So right. starting from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, which we just talked about eliminating plastic. But if you're not going to eliminate plastic. Where do you put it? Or where do you reuse it? Mm-hmm. Not going to reuse it. Where do you put it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I definitely it was nyc.gov has a bunch of stuff yeah. from New York City. I like that that mentality. That's yeah, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. The higher yeah, level. the for some reason recycle has been just pushed on us as like the most important one. Right. But just, you like, gotta reduce, reduce first. It. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that requires like preventative action or, or like change in in your habits, whereas totally. the other one is just an add on to like okay. I just have to throw it somewhere afterwards. Good point. Yeah. Human behavior. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. And what is, um, like, sustainable fashion? Is it the production of the actual clothing? Is it, like, um, you know, how far it's traveling? Or what, you know, do you have any insight on, like, what that means? Yeah. I'm glad you asked because it does seem like a very um, niche uh, phrase, right? So mm-hmm. sustainable fashion is a broad range of things. It's anywhere from thrifting instead of buying new clothes to... Um, using reusable textiles mm-hmm. um, and in anywhere in between. Um, again, kind of going with the whole reduce, reuse, recycle, the best thing to do is reuse, or sorry, reduce, and just buy less clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and having said that, I'm wearing a new shirt right now. So, we don't, <laughs> we, you know, you figure it out. But, um, and then recycle, excuse me, reuse is going to thrift stores, buying secondhand, mm-hmm. cl- swapping with your friends. This, this is actually my roommates. These are my roommates' jeans that I'm wearing right now. Um, which is awesome, and I didn't get to spend any money, and I got to eliminate waste. And then, um, yeah, the recycling is just kind of doing clothes. And to actually go back to what you said earlier um, about you have all these costs of tomatoes being shipped, right? Mm-hmm. Clothing is the same way, too. Yeah. Of course, putting your clothes into those donation boxes you see around is great. You know, donate, you're donating clothes. But you're also packaging those uh, those clothing pieces of clothing up, and they're shipping them mm-hmm. all over the world. So... You're yes, you're doing a great thing by donating clothes, but you're also increasing emissions from mm-hmm. that plane ride. Where if you just kind of get your clothes together and donate it to a local women's shelter or to a local whatever, you're reducing carbon footprint and you're also doing a good job by by um, mm-hmm. recycling your clothes. So it's kind of that conscious thinking of yeah. let's not um, increase emissions, let's do some good. Absolutely, I'm notoriously known among my friend group. I I don't know if they. I think that they, they actually like it because it's more convenient for them, but they are like, okay, whenever I do my closet cleanup, whatever I don't want, I'm just going to give to Helene because they know that like I'll either take the clothes or I'll donate them somewhere else, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it takes it out of their responsibility. So. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm glad you're that friend. Yeah, you, just, you do have to have that one friend who kind of figures it out because yeah. it's a lot, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of organizing. Um, yeah. And you do you, do you want to do well? You want to clear, clear out your closet. Marie Kondo, you want to mm-hmm. Marie Kondo your closet. Mm-hmm. Um I'm really bad at that. Yeah, same. I know. Same. Yeah. I think, too, like, one thing I've started doing as I've gotten older is I sort of have a rubric of what I'm looking for before I purchase an item of clothing. And so, like, if I'm looking at something online or, like, at a store, I think about, like, how, like, the frequency in which I would wear this item. So it's, like, could I wear it to the grocery store? Could I wear it to a meeting or class? And... I'm trying to think of the other one um or like out to dinner or something like that so I feel like if you think about too like how often you you wear an item of clothing that helps um Mm -hmm. to avoid buying clothes that you may only use once every six months or once a year which I think maybe this is kind of like a girl thing like 
like pretty tops and like mm-hmm. things like that can be like very enticing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've tried to just like purchase less clothing, but clothing that I'm going to wear out mm-hmm. too. Totally. So like, yeah. And yeah. And I think, use. Yeah. yeah, I just recently discovered that I don't like stripes, but I have so many striped shirts. Mm-hmm. So the same thing is like, I have to stop buying striped shirts. I don't wear them. I don't look good on me. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. So yeah, just eliminating, reducing again mm-hmm. what you're intaking. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, as far as it being a gender thing, I think it might be for sure. You know, mm-hmm. there's, we're, we're tricked by, you know, trends. There's a million fashion weeks a year now mm-hmm. and styles are always changing. The weather's changing too if you live in that type of climate. Um, and we're just susceptible to always having that new color, that new trend. And we fall victim to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess, let me rephrase, I fall victim to it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And do you find... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, I... But it's... You know, I... I feel like it's tough not to buy all these different options mm-hmm. when there are so many stores, especially fast mm. fashion stores, which I think are actually on the decline. Yeah, um, yeah February 21 just uh, declared bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, but I, I I think it's, it's tough not to get all these shirts when they're so cheap. Mm-hmm. So, like... You know, when people are shopping, why not get this extra thing? It's only $4, or oh. this is on clearance for $3. I am the um, worst with that. Yeah, so, how, you know, how how are people, if, uh, as Rachel, as you said, um, that the consumers, uh, through consumer choices, you can change the demand. Um, uh, how are consumers going to change when these options are just so cheap? Right. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, I guess one piece of uh, information I got from um, s- uh, some conference I went to is if your dress is $10, there's something wrong in the supply chain. Mm-hmm. So that's There's nothing that should cost, a dress should not cost $10 or X right. amount of money, $5. Mm-hmm. Um, New, at least. True, yeah. yeah, you're right. Thank you for specifying. Exactly. But you're right, Jeremy, at the same time, I mean, I'm a broke grad student, and this is exactly. a cute dress, and I have a, d- a date tomorrow, so I want to, you know, wear it. And right. It's just so hard to make that commitment and not follow through. But mm-hmm. but um, brands and the trend is actually following um, is following our demand, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kardashians are actually going to sell their old clothes, so they're in the resale business. Eileen Fisher has been around forever, and they're doing mm-hmm. a lot of sustainable fabrics. Um, Everlane's a great brand. H&M is even on the... They have H&M Conscious. They're on the bandwagon. And so I do think the future of fashion um, is is sustainable, with a caveat of you have to have some money. Right, yeah, you know, and that's the problem. Caution. And it's, you know, when we think of, I mean, I'm the economist in the room, so I'm like, <laughs> when things are cheap, you buy more of it. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's hard when there are those things that exist and it's easy, it's just so easy to, to purchase um, the cheaper items and then you do so in abundance and that causes issues. But um, it's, uh, I don't know, it's just... But there, there are those hidden costs like on the environment, also. Oh, no, uh, yes, of course. There's workers. externalities, 100%. Yeah. But you don't internalize those externalities unless you're forced to through yeah. taxation, through, through, yeah, through yeah. policy. <laughs> through policy. So, so that's why, I, you know, for, for, for me, I'm, uh, I, I'm an advocate for more, like, I, I don't think it can only be consumer-driven, you know, mm-hmm. for sustainable, uh, sustainable choices. Like, I think you also have to have some good policy that doesn't allow companies undercutting the system with with um with bad practices absolutely Um, so i i think because the government should know 
more information or should have more information at their disposal than each individual consumer. Because even if a consumer is trying to make the right choice, they might still mess it up. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that there should, there should be a more level playing field so that sustainable fashions or sustainable food choices can, can have equal footing for, mm -hmm. for a competitive market. But then are you putting an undue burden on people already in financial distress? This is what I always worry about with food, with um, even like gas prices. So, you know, gas prices dropped however many years ago and everyone was like, hurrah, it's cheaper gas, thankfully. And then it's like, well, this is just going to induce people to buy bigger cars and like switch away from the hybrid model, like not, not investing in, in electric. Like we want gas prices to be high so that like we can de-incentivize people from, from making poor choices that, uh, you know, use up more gasoline. But you don't want to like also put pressure on families, like financial pressure on families when if, if you do decide to like tax gas enough that those are high. I mean, unless you're redirecting those taxes in a way that benefit those families, but we know that that never happens. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, you know, so it's like, complicated. Yeah, it's tough. Like, you like go, yeah. you know, it's it's you know for for me like you go you go to the grocery store and you see a pound of tomatoes for a dollar yes. and you're like, how is this a dollar? Mm -hmm. right? Same, you go to you know, a, a fast fashion place. Like, how is this top four dollars? <laughs> like, you Something's know, you're saying. Up. So yeah, it's true. It's it's um, how do you how do you make sure like those prices should be more, mm -hmm. but then people, you know, yeah, exactly, cut out of it. Mm -hmm. So and it's you know, like maybe doing it in the proper way. You know, mm -hmm. income inequality might. It's an issue. What? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a huge issue. So, um, so that might be the underlying thing that needs to be addressed mm -hmm. for there to be a, a fair, sustainable choices. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. And I, that. I think too, just like staying curious and bringing an awareness to these issues are the first kind of steps. And I think being aware of ourselves as consumers and our habits is also really important. And like paying attention to to um, what we're spending our money on and then after the purchases what we're actually using you know uh, it, you know how much food am I throwing away each week how many how many clothes in my closet aren't being used and what are the clothes that I am using um, and I think that sort of like individual reflection um, as well as larger kind of grassroots movements and then being aware to policies, mm -hmm. so both kind of like top down, but then bottom up approach simultaneously, um, over time can be effective. Um, but I also kind of wanted to um, touch upon this quickly. Um, in terms of social media, like how have you seen on your own feeds these issues, either with food or fashion, being promoted? Like, do you think that there's more? positive reinforcement of sustainability or do you think it's the opposite just in your own experiences um I may be I may have created my own bubble in that I follow a lot of sustainability mm -hmm. people <laughs> so it's very positive and very um you know very curated whimsical posts about you know my waist in a jar mm -hmm. and I threw up I donated all these clothes or upcycled this skirt um but yeah I definitely see a positive um reaction who are your favorite influencers? Ooh, I love the Sustainable Fashion Forum. They have so many good facts. Um, there's uh, there's one, I'm blanking on the name too. I, I follow the hashtag Sustainable Fashion. So anything that pops mm -hmm. up, I'm all about it. Um, so I think just following hashtags is helpful too. 
Yeah, co conscious consumers also look at hashtag too. Yep. Um, I've. Yeah, I think there there are some agricultural things that I that I see. So I um, and also through social media, you'll constantly see the issues of. Uh, um, you know the climate crisis we're in, um, mm -hmm. so that's always pushes sustainability to the forefront. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I would even say to be be an influencer yourself. I yeah. think um, I think I told you this, Jeremy. I'm I decided I'm going to be that crazy, ethical, conscious consumer lady. I'm just going to do it. Mm -hmm. Like we have a soccer team, and it was being thrown around if we should. Um, get get t-shirts with uh, our our logo on them and I just the whatsapp group was that crazy eco lady and I was like strong hard pass hard pass in this one I we can't have new clothing we can recycle stuff we can use old pennies and it actually worked we have pennies now we didn't buy new poorly made unethical cheap t-shirts <laughs> um so I think just being your own social media influencer and within your friend group or in your social media um persona just yeah. do it um, one thing, one thing that I did want to add about the uh, consumer-driven uh, changes for sustainable fashion, um, I think a lot of times we're thinking of just like, you know, in a sense of where I purchase this, you purchase that, you know, everyone purchases things, but there's also the consumer side as far as investing goes. Mm. So the choices that are being made by investors. Mm-hmm. So. Um, have have you seen changes in investments to for sustainable fashion? Great question. I was just thinking this the other day. I haven't. I don't think investors are. Um, a, I think they think fashion is its own game, so mm -hmm. I don't think they really get involved with that. Um, and B, I think you kind of see as an investor, you see trends are trends, right? And people are going to always buy clothes. Um, hopefully, they're seeing that the sustainable trend is is catching on, and they're investing in those types of. Uh, companies but no I haven't actually seen big investments in sustainable fashion houses I have sort of one more thing I want to add to so obviously I'm well not obviously but I'm in the English department many people know that some don't um, and I also teach writing composition and so this idea of rhetoric is kind of important to me and I sort of picked up on what you said Rachel too where you hesitated to bring up the issue of sustainability about the pennies mm. um, in that you were slightly self-conscious about coming across as kind of like crazy, <laughs> you know, environmentalist. And from a personal experience, um, I started eating vegan diet maybe five years ago. And to this day, I still avoid telling people I'm vegan. Just mm -hmm. if I go out to dinner, I just say no dairy and I order no meat, but it's not something I advertise. And I think part of that is because at the time when I started eating that way, it seemed as though it wasn't as popular and no one in my family was vegetarian. None of my friends were vegetarian. And so to some extent, I kind of avoided bringing it up and it's still a habit that I have now. But I guess in terms of sustainability, how would you describe the rhetoric surrounding it and maybe more recent, recent changes? would be a first question and then the follow-up is maybe how can the rhetoric towards sustainability mm. Im be improved? That's a great question. Um, I, I think even within the past five years since you um, began being being vegan, what's the verb? Eating vegan? It's a, 
Some See, people say I eat plant-based diet. Oh, okay. Some people say I am a vegan. Depends I follow a vegan diet. True, yes, you're right. Ask, you always ask, right? Yeah. I sort of avoid all the terms and just mm-hmm. eat eat meals that don't have meat or dairy in them. <laughs> That's fair. But anyways. Actually, this is applicable. Even this conversation, I think, is important. Just asking and inquiring, educating yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, in the past five years, there's been a huge shift, I think, in more accepting of these... I'd say they were in the, in the past called like hippie type um, mannerisms or mm-hmm. whatever choices, and I think it's way more encouraged to do this type of stuff and to be conscious about what you're buying and what you're investing in. Um, what was the second question too? How can the rhetoric surrounding issues of sustainability be improved? Yeah, I think um, I think like we're doing right now is openly talking about it, um, saying this is tough. I don't know yeah. how to admitting that you are just one person and working together with people and kind of saying, I want to do this certain thing together, let's do it, I want to change this and whatnot. Um, Jeremy actually, I always wanted to compost, but Jeremy, I told him this and he said, let's start composting. So we do now. Um, I was actually going to bring this up earlier, but then we started shifting towards um, sustainability. I have a good friend who composts. Could you just, yeah, could you, how is composting going? Oh, God, I what love does it, it. involve? <laughs> I've been really curious about this for a long time. Yes, my garbage smells so much less now. Tell us more I about this. I cannot advocate for this enough. Uh, and it's so easy. How yeah. do you start? Well, you know, we, like, we don't, we're not the ones that are just composting out, oh, right. uh, outside yeah. or anything yeah you know yeah. we're not backyards yeah like in in, in, in in south carolina like i had the compost tumbler but here in new york city like we there are service free services available for drop off um so it's just all about you know it's a continuation of the recycling thing it's just separating your waste mm-hmm. it's your your own personal waste management um and uh, so what we do is we just um uh put just food scraps, you know, so when you're cutting up an onion and stuff, uh, you just put that into the bag and then just put it in the, like, we have freezer space, we just we just put it into the corner of the freezer so it just doesn't smell. There are some nice, like, pots you can buy online or mm-hmm. anything um, that kind of uh, keep the smell in because it is just food that's mm-hmm. just sitting there. But that food's going to be sitting there anyway in your waste bin. Mm-hmm. Um, so every Friday uh, over here at Fordham Plaza, there's a uh, Grow NYC just compost bin that you just come and just, you know, dump your scraps and then, you know, you're throwing away a little plastic bag, which is too bad, but you know, mm-hmm. it's part of it. Um, and yeah, then they, then they take care of it, but it, 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 it cuts down waste substantially. And it's, how many times do you bring your garbage out so too? Yeah. You bring it out way less. And you don't have, you know, gross kitchen yeah, <laughs> yeah no this is awesome it's i'm gonna look stuff. into it it's on, super easy i think yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry i don't mean to interrupt mm-hmm. but um so for the one in fordham plaza can you um is it just vegetable scraps or and fruit scraps or can you do like eggshells can you do um meat and bones and things like that um eggshells i know are good mm-hmm. like eggshells are fine um as far as uh meat and bone i don't know mm-hmm. um uh yeah that's i'm not sure about that and like for for us like I'm not we're not putting like the our leftover meals like you know into these bags like mm-hmm. um but uh, so not cooked food with like sauces and yeah, oils and yeah, things I'm not, like that I'm, I'm it's not just doing scraps that. yeah it's just okay. scraps um I think I'm fairly certain that 
there's still a way to deal with that type of compost mm -hmm. with the you know bones and everything um, because there are um, there's a rule and I there are certain certain types of restaurants like if you have like a restaurant I think with like three stores or like a, a chain of three stores or something in New York City you have to deal with you have to mm -hmm. compost and so I think they deal with all like all food scraps they just kind of scrape everything all the leftover foods in there um, so I th there, there has I th I'm fairly certain there's a way, but I'm not sure. And I will say that I used to belong to a, a CSA, a Community Supported Agriculture Program, where uh, this is when I lived downtown uh, on the Lower East Side, and um, as a part of that, they did have a compost program where that was uh, okay if there was um, vegetable and animal oils or product or whatever, it was okay. But it's very specific to the compost program. I'm pretty sure. So you just have to like look up the specifics of each one. Um, but we do have a Fordham CSA too. I, I uh, uh, encourage people to like go and check that out. I did it last year and it was just too much food for one person. Mm -hmm. um, and then I felt like I was wasting more than I was actually doing. But if you like live with a couple of roommates that want to get into it, I would highly recommend that. It's like local farmers that bring vegetables every week. So, but yeah. But I would love to compost. I need to start doing it. I know that I need to get it, it on my like to-do list. It's like 30% of our waste or I know. more. I know. And I do. And I cook every day. Yeah. Emily, yeah. you'll love it then. I love that you said, too, in that, you know, you throw away a plastic bag, but it's part of it. And to go back to that question earlier, is just realizing you're not going to, it's not going to be a win every time. Mm -hmm. You're going to compost, but you're going to throw away a plastic bag. Mm -hmm. So just accepting that you can't do it all. You can do what you can do. Let it live and just do the best you can. So yeah. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Make an effort. And like maybe if we we like we could put our scraps in Could've plastic or in, in a paper bag and you know you could there there are ways around yeah. it yeah. but yeah but we're just trying to stay sane and can't be perfect <laughs> yeah exactly 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 it's kind of like this podcast too Helene and I were talking it's like sometimes you just have to start doing something mm. and then once you start you can make little changes to improve along the yeah. way and so it's mm -hmm. like just making that start. And another thing I wanted to bring up was I recently watched this. It was a podcast, but it was a podcast on YouTube. Um, and there was this guy on it who has something crazy like a like 12-year running streak. And so he has ran at least one mile every single day for an excessive amount of time. And so I was I have been thinking about this idea of like doing a streak and I think it could apply to sustainability. Like, you pick one thing, and then you try to do it, like, start a streak with it, yeah. and, like, develop this habit. Um, but I haven't picked anything yet to do with a streak, but um, it's a goal of mine. Um, it's an upcoming that. goal. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great, yeah. That's yeah. A great idea. You're winning forming habits. Yeah, yeah. Exa yeah, exactly, exactly. Just just do it. And mm -hmm. then, you know what? If it, doesn't, if it doesn't continue, again, let it be and start mm -hmm. something new again. Just mm -hmm. like, be nice to yourself and just do the best you can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that I love goes, that. that. That goes along. There's this book called um, Being Ecological by Timothy Morton, and um, you'll see it on the front. It's like uh, a, a quote from Bjork, and she's like, <laughs> I like Timothy Morton's books or something. It's it's a great quote. It's a great, <laughs> that's the reason I bought it, Bjork. Um, but in that book, he kind of like starts off the book just being like, hey, like, don't get daunted. Like the mm -hmm. environmental issue is so daunting. Um, yes. You can't like change everything, or, or I guess he's not saying you can't change everything. He's like, you know, just deal with it with yourself. Mm -hmm. Like make these decisions. Like just be ecological and just like 
um, you know, uh, the, the small bits, like going on a streak of something, uh, just uh, when you have a choice between something with like a plastic wrapper or something without, like, you know, go with the one without, like, so it's just, these small bits matter and it, it could, you know, psychologically be good. I think so too and I mean I think too it can be like this kind of vehicle for community building too like we're gathering around talking about it and in a second Rachel will tell us about her event that she's planning um, but I think when you have uh, a group behind you and with you it, it can become something that is meaningful not only for you but for you know Fordham graduate students or for New York City um, and so if you kind of mesh some sort of academic or geographical identity with this initiative, it can be really powerful too, I think. Um, do you want to tell us about what you're planning, Rachel? Ooh, I'm so excited. Um, so I am planning a clothing swap and then a donation. And why is it a clothing swap, first you ask? Uh, because we all have clothes we don't wear in the closet, and clothes we don't wear in our closets. And of course you think, I'll just donate it, I'll just donate it. But going back to the reduce, reuse, recycle thing, like, first we're going to swap our clothes with each other, possibly. If you don't like anything, you don't take anything. But um, you go, you swap clothes, and then whatever is left, you donate to a local. Um, we have a women's shelter, and we also have a um, men's shelter as well. So um, instead of putting yourself in one of those boxes, having it shipped somewhere across the country and increasing emissions, we're going to reduce emissions, we're going to get new clothes for free from our friends, and we're going to donate whatever's left to local uh, community members. I'm so excited for that because I feel like a pile of clothes that I never ever wear mm -hmm. is just piling up in the corner of my my tiny tiny little apartment so mm -hmm. I need to get rid of them but I also like just haven't had the time to donate them mm -hmm. if someone else can use them and I can get some new clothes out of it I'm yeah, so yeah exactly why not use so another reason is why not use what was already out there mm -hmm. I let's say I get rid of this shirt and then I go buy another shirt that kind of counteracts what I just did let me get rid of the shirt and get a shirt that's already out there mm -hmm. instead of purchasing something new and creating demand for new new fashion. And so what types of uh, clothing items should grad students bring to this? Is it just um, like what's included? Shirts, pants, also shoes, and then to what extent lightly worn or near brand new? What are you thinking for? Yeah, um, all types of clothes, clothing. Uh, shoes are definitely encouraged. Um, the best piece of advice I would say is if you would wear it, you can donate it. If you wouldn't wear it, don't donate it. Um, gently used, um, not, not, no stains, yeah. you know, like, think about integrity. If, if, if you wouldn't wear this, someone that you're going to donate it to wouldn't wear it either, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, all, all types of clothing, all gendered clothing, whatever, every color, every, um, every season too, just because it's mm -hmm. fall doesn't mean you can't get rid of that t-shirt or that tank top that you didn't wear over the, over the summer, mm -hmm. you know, so anything and everything. Cool. Mine so. is underwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're very specifying. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That would be very embarrassing. <laughs> um, yeah, so Helena and I will send all grad students an email about that. We set the date for November 21st. It's a Thursday, 2.30 to 4 p.m. Yeah. We'll I guess, yeah, and I'll just, so in the meantime, definitely start just collecting clothing, and the week prior, we'll collect all your clothing. And then on that day, on the 21st, it will be all out on display. And it will be an honor system. If you donated two shirts, don't take ten pairs of pants. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of just kind of take kind of what you've, you've given here and there. That's good to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. 
I'm sure people would go crazy. Yeah, and it, that, <laughs> you know, yeah, we, no one's gonna please you, but yeah, just you know, honor system. Yeah. Yeah. So any kind of f- some clothe clothe closing not clothing <laughs> closing oh, yeah. thoughts on this topic or anything else you just want to add about why this should be a priority for grad students um for anyone really yeah i think my biggest like wow moment was that um fashion and textiles is actually the second largest pollutant in our world today right you picture these huge ind- industries with smoke pluming out of their towers and that's pollution, pollution, but actually the clothes that we throw away and we throw into landfill is the second largest reason that we have that we have emissions, that we have pollution. So this is that this is the one thing that you can do that's so, so easy to be sustainable, is to just look at what you have in your closet and reassess. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's closing thoughts would just be uh, that though though things seem very like incredibly dire uh every day um you know there are a lot of um smart ideas out there on how you individually can change your lifestyle um you know so just look around and also there are a lot of good policies out there too and um that you know carbon pricing and all that so Mm -hmm. um you know just be strong. <laughs> be aware. Yeah, be aware and just, you know, yeah. just just think ecologically and um uh try to try to make your decisions on on how you can be happy with the with the world we're living in. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say like I um in am in economics and so I'm next to the iPad department on the 5th floor of Dealey and I've really benefited from being around such socially conscious or like it's socially conscious people and so many of the iPadders, whether it's because of your background or your interest in studying what you do, has been like really great to be. Um, like every conversation I have is about um, you know reducing waste or reducing poverty in the world, making the world a better place, and it's like been a great environment to be in. And like I think that New York City is a place of very progressive thinking people, and um, you know the city itself has uh, good resources for pushing sustainable um, policy. So I think we're in a good place and we should be encouraged by that. Um, Even at Fordham itself, um, as a Jesuit school, I mean, maybe we don't wanna get into the Jesuit part of it, but like, I do think that that makes um, our graduate community a little bit more um, socially conscious and, um, you know, caring for a better world, so. Yeah, cool, thank you both for being here. Um, Yeah, so I guess we'll just end it there. Thank you. All right, another episode in the books. Thanks so much for listening in. If you or uh, someone you know would like to be on GSA Office Hours, please feel free to email Helene and myself at gsa at fornum.edu. All right, thank you.